0: all right i'm gonna give the audio reading of the newsletter one more shot and this week's newsletter is titled bonus day every four years we are gifted an extra day the 29th of february allowing our unique little planet an additional 24 hours to complete its orbit around the sun isn't it comforting to know that we and our planet get an extra day to catch up Anyhow, just how unique is our little planet in its 365.25-day orbit around the sun? One of my favorite pieces of online writing is Tim Urban's explanation of the Fermi Paradox from 2014. At nearly 5,000 words, it takes about 20 minutes to read, but I think it's a worthwhile way to spend 1.5% of our bonus day. The Fermi Paradox asks, where in the hell are the aliens? Tim writes, now I'm quoting, let's imagine that after billions of years in existence, 1% of Earth-like planets develop life. And imagine that on 1% of those planets, life advances to an intelligent level like it did here on Earth. That would mean that there were 10 quadrillion or 10 million billion intelligent civilizations in the observable universe. Moving back to just our galaxy and doing the same math on the lowest estimate for stars in the Milky Way, which are about 100 billion, we would estimate that there are 1 billion Earth like planets and at least 100,000 intelligent civilizations just in our galaxy. End quote. And then he points out that our planet is comparatively young and that other older planets had a head start, he says. The technology and knowledge of a civilization only 1,000 years ahead of us could be as shocking to us as our world would be to a medieval person. A civilization 1 million years ahead of us might be as incomprehensible to us as human culture is to chimpanzees. And planet X, an observable planet that we know is 3.4 billion years ahead of us, I mean, imagine that kind of head start. So Basic math and common sense suggests that we should be surrounded by intelligent alien civilizations. There's just no way that we are the most intelligent species in the galaxy. But where are they? The rest of Tim's post explores competing theories as to why we haven't had alien interactions. Or perhaps we have. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, straight-faced talk about UFOs was like bringing up Hillary Clinton's role in Child Sacrifice at a Washington DC pizzeria. So it was illuminating and refreshing to read Gideon Lewis Lewis Krause's Sober New Yorker piece, How the Pentagon Started Taking UFOs Seriously. At 13,000 words, he profiles the eccentric folks dedicated to researching UFO sightings and compiles a long list of unexplainable sightings from credible sources, mainly in the military. Here's a quote from that article. Despite the fact that most adults carry around exceptionally good camera technology in their pockets, most UFO photos and videos remain maddeningly indistinct. But the former Pentagon officials imply that the government possesses stark visual documentation. According to Tim McMillan, in the past two years, the Pentagon's UAP investigators have distributed two classified intelligence papers that allegedly contain images and videos of bizarre spectacles, including a cube-shaped object and a large equilateral triangle emerging from the ocean. And then I put in a video that you have probably seen um, where the Pentagon released some alleged UFO videos from uh, fighter pilots in the Air Force. I remain skeptical of the alleged UFO sightings. I assume that they are most likely the results of testing top secret equipment that the military would prefer were mistaken for UFOs. But I'm not dumb. And common sense says that our galaxy should be teeming with intelligent life. Next section. At the start of the pandemic, the former CEO of Open Philanthropy, Holden Karnofsky, began writing a series of thought-provoking blog posts titled The Most Important Century. He ended up writing more than 200 pages over the pandemic to persuasively make two main arguments. First, that in the 21st century, our century, we will develop technologies that cause us to transition to a state in which humans as we know them are no longer the main force in the world events. This is our last chance to shape how that transition happens. So he's talking about digital simulation of humans or genetic engineering or something freaky that's going to happen in the next century. And the second argument is that whatever the main force in world events becomes, whether it's digital people, misaligned artificial intelligence or something else, it will create highly stable civilizations that populate our entire galaxy for billions of years to come. The transition currently taking place this century could shape all of that. So Karnofsky anticipates that over the next 75 years, the convergence of artificial intelligence, neuroscience, genetic engineering, and space travel will lead to a multi-planet civilization. Science fiction, yes, but he also makes it sound pretty plausible. Yes, I do think it's plausible that our species will begin to colonize the galaxy by the end of the century. I know, it's weird. But it's even weirder if we became the first to do it. How is it possible that thousands of other civilizations from older planets in our galaxy didn't get there first? Are we really going to be the first? Or is there some kind of great filter preventing intelligent civilizations from multiplanetary expansion? One theory, mentioned in Tim Urban's post, is that, quote, all intelligent civilizations end up destroying themselves once a certain level of technology is reached, end quote. Yikes, that also sounds pretty plausible. Next section. While driving through the lunar landscape of northern Mexico in mid-December, I listened to a 150-minute conversation between Elon Musk and Lex Friedman that was both fascinating and frustrating. During one of the fascinating sections, they discussed aliens. And I wish I had the motivation to include the original audio, but instead <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be Elon and then Lex. So Elon says, I suspect that if we were able to go out there and explore the, and explore other star systems, that there's a good chance we would find a whole bunch of long-dead one-planet civilizations that never made it past their home planet. Lex says, that's so sad, but also fascinating. And Elon, I mean, there are various explanations for the paradox. Do you become a multi-planet civilization or not? And if you don't, it's simply a matter of time before something happens on your planet, either natural or man-made, that causes us to die out like the dinosaurs. Where are the dinosaurs? They didn't have spaceships. Lex says, I think the more likely thing is that the aliens found us and they're protecting us and letting us be. Elon responds, I hope so. Nice aliens. Look. I think the smart move is that this is the first time in the history of earth that it's been possible for life to extend beyond earth that window is open now it may be open for a long time or it may be open for a short time and it may be open now and then never open again so i think the smart move here is to make life multiplanetary while it's possible to do so we don't want to be one of those lame one planet civilizations that just dies out lex says no those are lame All right, that's the end of the excerpt. So what if it's Elon Musk with his thousands of satellites, advanced rocket ships, robots, brain-computer interface, and artificial intelligence? What if he's the one to lead us to some kind of multi-planetary expansion this century? What's the implication? Holden Karnofsky suggests in his blog series, again, rather persuasively, that, quote, whoever is running the process of space expansion might be able to determine what sorts of people are in charge of the settlements and what sorts of societal values they have in a way that is then stable for many billions of years. End quote. Yikes. Next section. Are one planet civilizations lame? Should we explore the cosmos? Or should we focus all of our energy and attention on caring for the planet that we already have? Also, Does it have to be either or? I don't have a strongly formed opinion, though I feel like it's worth spending part of 2024's bonus day to give it some thought. After all, this is my time capsule for me to look back at in 20 years, and I wonder what I'll find. What do you think? Are UFO sightings real? Are we the only ones out there? Are one planet civilizations lame? I would love to hear your thoughts, either in a comment on the post or in a reply to the email. I will leave you with one last quote from Tim Urban's 2014 post, a humbling reminder of how little we know and how much there is yet to learn. He says, or I guess he writes, the Fermi paradox brings out a sharper, more personal humbling, one that can only happen after spending hours of research, hearing your species' most renowned scientists present insane theories, change their minds again and again, and wildly contradict each other, reminding us that future generations that future generations will look at us the same way that we see the ancient people (laughs) when we're done. The Fermi Paradox brings out a sharper, more personal humbling, one that can only happen after spending hours of research hearing your species' most renowned scientists present insane theories, change their minds again and again, and wildly contradict each other, reminding us that future generations will look at us the same way that we see the ancient people were sure that the stars were the underside of the dome of heaven and they will think wow they really had no idea what was going on end quote and with that i hope that you enjoy your bonus day and uh i'll be back next week all right take care